Welcome, everybody, to the Natural Born Hunter podcast brought to you by Mountain Ops. Mountain Ops is a supplement company that specializes in the needs of the hunter. If you need a little more protein in your diet, boom, hit up the Magnum. Three different sources of protein in there, so it absorbs in your body at different points in time, making it last longer so you can get stronger. You can also check out their Yeti pre-workout, perfect for hitting max lifts, PRs, getting your head in the game, and getting after it. They also have Enduro. For those of you who are a little more cardio-based in your workouts, looking to charge hard for long hours at a time. Without further ado, let's fire this puppy up. So, what are the main points you want to hit on? Or you just want to start bullshitting? Let's bullshit. We'll talk the fitness, the accountability. We'll talk Alpha Bow Hunter. What's your plans for this year? I don't know. Maybe we'll just maybe we'll just do a sexy podcast. Get sexy voice. Talk like this. Get like, hey, all you out there in podcast land, how you doing? You know. Yeah. I don't know. We'll wing it. Uh, right on. I'll let you're, it rip. You ready for this? Yeah. Woo! Welcome to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Nate. Your boy bringing you the Natural Born Hunter podcast right now, and I am with my man, the one, the only, the Iceman, Big Sexy himself, Phil Mendoza. Man, you hyped up on Yeti? What's going on there, Will? Yeah, you know, uh, I might have taken a little bit. I might take a little bit. I'm looking at my little Ric Flair figure. I'm just feeling, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really good tonight. Oh, you asked, what do I want to talk about this podcast? Here is something I want to talk about this podcast. The awesomeness of the fans and the listeners of this show. We've been getting just so much support, so many nice comments and stuff on the podcast. And you know what, guys and gals, I cannot thank you enough for listening to us i really appreciate it i i everything it's it's great and i want to send a special thank you to some dudes who have been helping me out a lot lately aj paul uh justin and tex uh thank you guys i you know just people coming forward who just want to help us push this show forward phil and get the word out there and I, I cannot thank you all enough. I cannot thank you enough. I know you guys say we connect, we're connecting with you and we're entertaining you, and we just appreciate the support and love you're sending back our way. So thank you, thank you all. Yes, I did all that. <laughs> so, man, I just shot a video about the meat pack. I just did a meat pack video, and I did. A video on the challenge course and I had to redo them because the first time I did them I was a little sick and I was watching them and I almost put myself to sleep and I thought this is no bueno can't can't edit this can't edit this dog shit and make it look good I'm gonna have to delete so I re reshot them took a little uh, supplementation because that's the thing Phil that's what supplements are for they're just supplement or you're not you're not feeling, you know, quite right. You take a little Yeti, something like that, get the juices going, get that creativity <laughs> running. All of a sudden, you feel like a superstar on camera. So I filmed those. That went pretty good. Uh, did I tell you the times that Brian 
Colvin and uh, Gabe Krell got yet for their one-mile meat pack on the track with 100 pounds? I want to say I think you did it, but I don't remember. Let's go ahead and hear it. I'm not going to tell you. People are going to have to watch this video. Okay. You're going to have right. to go to YouTube. Mm -hmm. It'll be up by Friday. I'll promise you that. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's fast. Oh, I, I, Yeah. We all know Luke can move and Gabe and um, – and Brian, Brian's a big dude, so 100 pounds for Brian, um, you know, probably like 40 pounds for me, right? Brian's a strong guy, and uh, I saw him posting some pictures, too, of him shooting. Uh, I think he, he, you know, he may be bringing his target bow to train to hunt this year. He's shooting that bow pretty damn well. Is he? I didn't see those pictures. I'll have to Man, check those out. He's wadding arrows over there. I believe it. I believe it. He is a determined individual. I'm not surprised. I think he's going to the Arkansas event. I heard the Arkansas event's going to heat up. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm. You're not going that. to Arkansas? You know, I don't like the snakes, man. Arkansas, it's... Texas, even Arizona. I contemplated going back to Arizona this year. and I'd hate to be uh, going down on a burpee and come nose to nose. With one of my slithery friends. So where are you going? Right now, Colorado is, is the only one I'm for sure doing. I've heard Pennsylvania is very nice. I, I've heard the same thing, and uh, I'm, I'm <clears throat> you know, I'm going to be flat out honest, Will. I, like <laughs> I said, I kind of mentioned it in my last podcast that I did, not the last one that came out today last week. I'm a little bit in a funk, man. You know, it's kind of... Hard to get motivated. I have not the hard to get motivated. I just haven't set anything that you know to prepare for and to plan for, and a lot of it just has to do with my kids getting older and so many things that are oh we need a plan for this so we need that leave that weekend open for that and you know boys are going to be doing swimming this week this you know this time of year and it's one of those things that when you have kids in that young age where they're starting to get active. I'm learning this. I've been told this by a lot of friends, but it starts to gobble up a lot more time that you don't have. So um, I've been having to get up a little earlier to shoot my bow, uh, which I'm okay with. I'm all right with that. But as far as the weekends, man, I don't know. It's going to be tough this year. Your weekends are disappearing. Yeah. You know, we've got three family vacations that we put on the books. One of them, of which I may double and, and get to one of the total archery challenges in South Dakota. I, I'd like to get a hold of those guys and get a booth and, and try to just, you know, be there, have a presence there. But um, I don't know yet. It's it's going to be, like I said, if I can pigtail it for, if I can add three days onto a, a five-day vacation that my wife already has planned for us, um, I'll do it. I just don't know if I can be away from the shop for eight days. That's tough. That is tough. Are you still doing? Uh, are you still training so that you could be ready to go at any time, or what's going on? There? Oh yeah, my my workouts. I still work out. I, I probably work work out still six days a week. You know, I, I uh, we had a we had a killer workout actually yesterday that Jesse put on at, at the shop for us at our boot camp, and uh, it was good, man. It was good. I felt good. Um, I can definitely tell my, my cardio needs to up, get, get a little bit better again for the events like the train to hunt events. But other than that, the shooting, 
the 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 movements we did along with the shooting, I, I I'm fine there. But uh, I'm still I'm still training, man. It's the same for me. It's you know whether I'm training for the train to hunt or, or you know for hunt for season this year. To me, it's the same. My my bow setup is a little bit different. I need to get out and practice doing some more yardage judging. That's the really the only variable for me. I would say preparing for a train to hunt event. What are your what's your training looking like right now? <clears throat> um, you know, I'm I'm still doing. I guess I've introduced a little bit more uh, more weights. I was doing a lot of body weight movements for a while, and I, I still I'm still doing that, but. I would say it's it's very it's it's related to something that the CrossFit guys do the Metcon style workouts mm-hmm. you know like a circuit style training. Yep. Um, I'll do the when I'm doing more of a Metcon workout or whatever, I'll still throw the pack on for you know uh, 10 15 minutes at the end of the workout and I'll just I'll get on the treadmill or I'll I'll just hit some stairs or I'll do something to get some weight on my back and and you know finish out the workout with something like that just to uh, to close it out, just to incorporate everything, but it depends, man. Some days it's about 30 minutes, some days about 45. I've got a couple, two to three days a week that I just do strictly cardio stuff. So uh, it's definitely more cardio type Metcon based as opposed to strength and um, you know power movement based. I would say. I hear you. I hear so, you. What about you? I know you've been you've been uh, getting the miles man, in, huh? Man, yeah, you know. I've been hitting, I've been hitting about mid 40s, around like 44, 46 miles a week right now. I'm supposed to do between 40 and 50 miles a week, and uh, the last two weeks I've actually two days in a row did a couple 10 milers back to back. And today, how do you feel? How do you feel feel about doing that? Okay, here's the thing. There's two ways. There's two (laughs) ways I feel right. There's my body, how my body feels. And my body feels fantastic, except for on like a Saturday morning when I just, I'm ready to be done. You know, it, the body's like, all right, six days in a row. Where's, there's supposed to be a rest day a couple of days ago. We didn't see it. You know, let's, let's slam on the brakes. It's just like we're tired. I'm just feeling a little empty. And other than that, though, phenomenal. In the beginning, my feet would hurt. Just muscles are sore all the time, and I just up my mobility and my stretching, and I feel great. After about 10 miles, or in the 10-mile runs, after about 8 or 9, I'm ready for that truck to appear. And it's not necessarily because my body's tired. It's just my brain's tired of being out on a run. You know, I just start getting bored. My mind starts wandering like, man, I'm ready to be back, you know, doing videos, do whatever else, you know, end the day. I think about Skittles and Starbursts a lot, actually, around mile nine, mile eight and nine, for some reason. Hmm. Yeah, I actually oh. bought some the other night, too. I'm going to tell you something. Well, let me ask you, have you have you lost any weight? I mean, it, it, as a result of putting so many miles on, have you dropped a few pounds? Only only like four pounds, dude. Really? Yeah, but and my diet has cleaned up, but I'm eating uh, more. I'm eating more huh. now because of all the miles and calories getting burned. I'm just because the thing is, I can't cut the diet with all these miles. I'm going to start doing that after this coming up week. That's when I'm going to start really honing that diet in because I didn't want to go out on runs and feel. In the beginning, I wouldn't eat enough. 
and I would just start feeling wiped. And with all these miles, I didn't want to feel wiped. I didn't want to have an excuse of why I wouldn't be going out there. So I made sure I had enough fuel to burn the fire. And it's been working out great until today when mentally it was a struggle to get out there. Because we finally got that wonderful weather system y'all had there in Colorado a few days ago where it just dropped from like sunny. It was like sunny and high 50s here. And all of a sudden, it was like, boom, 20 with a wind that would blow you over in just snow. And I was like, I do not want to go out and run in this. No part of me wanted to go out. But I went out, did a quick five miles, and, you know, pray for better weather. Are you running a pretty quick pace, or are you just kind of taking a steady, you know, what, what kind of pace are you running? It's anywhere from a 10-minute mile to a 13-minute mile, depending. It'll usually average out somewhere in there. Depending on the the uh, loop I do, I usually do like a loop that'll end back in my truck. But everywhere I go, it's usually a huge climb out, and then some meandering kind of downhill back. There's not a lot of just straight or flat. You're either going yeah. up or you're going down. I'm gonna tell you something, Will. I don't think I've ever ran 35 or 45 miles in a week in my life. Yeah. You know, I actually got a call of concern today from Luke. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. He called, and I thought, what the what the hell is Luke calling for? And he goes, hey, you're running 40 miles a week? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, why? And I, I was like, for training. He goes, dude, I don't think that's going to help you for training to hunt. <laughs> <laughs> I go, I go, no, I'm not. I, I'm just doing it for 28 days. After that, I'm doing I've got ladders and intervals and all this stuff planned. He goes, oh, all right. I was worried you were going to try just to run a lot of distance and hope that worked for you. And I'm like, no. He goes, good, because that's not going to work. <laughs> so I felt, I felt reassured that Luke had my back. He was calling me to make sure I hadn't lost my damn mind. Yeah. No, I tell you, I, I, I don't think I can put that many miles on. Just my knees wouldn't take it. I, I, I've got, I mean, I don't have bad knees, but I, my knees get sore. You know, I've had one surgery when I was in high school. But um, honestly, when I do my running, I'd say that about 75% of it's on the treadmill, and it sucks. Yeah. But it's just easier on my joints, man. I can't, I take the dog out for a run, you know, and, and we'll go out. I've got a, it's just, just shy of three miles and it's a nice light jog. I'll go in the mornings with her sometimes. And, um, but when I do that more than three times a week, my, I, you know, and it's not very many miles. It's just, mm -hmm. but the pavement, it, it's hard on my joints. That's the thing. I have a nice five mile loop. That's a dirt road. I do, or a, I always run on the far shoulders of the road. Yeah. So, you know, usually I end up with some wet feet and some soft grass or whatever, <laughs> or, you know, a lot of sand in my shoe from running on the side of the road around here. You know, there's just sand all over the sides of the roads. But if I go on the pavement for like 100 or 200 yards, my feet are like, what the hell are you doing to us? Yeah. It's it's such a huge difference. And I wouldn't recommend anyone, personally, does a lot of miles on pavement. It just seems not good. Yeah, I don't – I couldn't do it. That's for damn sure. Like I said, I, I, I've – actually, when I've been doing – a lot is integrating just that that short interval training, you know, where it's a 45-second sprint 
you know, and then I'll, I'll rest for 45 seconds a minute and then another 45 or so second sprint. And, and I, the reason I like doing it on the treadmill is just cause I'll hit the incline sometimes or I'll put that sucker to a, a 15, you know, or whatever the bikes on my treadmill, I think goes to a 13 and then, and I'll do that one day and, and that'll smoke me, you know, I'll hit about eight rounds of that and I don't want any more, you know, <laughs> the ninth yeah. and tenth, the ninth and 10th sprint. I mean, it's like, you know, I'm not sprinting at a 10 anymore. It's like an eight, seven and a half, eight. And that's all I've got. But, um, I've been integrating some of that. So I, I don't know. It, it, I don't really have any kind of structured program that I'm doing right now. And that's the other, that's the other reason I think I'm just kind of going through the motions because it's tough, man. It's tough. Do you want me to send you a copy of mine? No. If it's got 40-some miles a week on it, absolutely not. <laughs> not interested, <laughs> no. huh? No, I'm good, man. I'm good. It's You um, know what? It's a good thing I'm doing it now because when I have the baby, I feel like I definitely will not have the uh, time to commit to 10-mile days. You know what? So, um, funny story. Right before you and I met and trained to hunt in Colorado that uh, two and a half, almost three years ago, right? Two and a half years ago. Um, or it'll be, it'll be two years. Jeez. Yeah. It must be two years. It'll be two years. So anyway, um, my son was born a month, about, about four weeks before that event. And I was not sleeping much anyway. Right. I mean, it was, uh, leading up to the event, my wife, she was getting up in the middle of the night. She was tossing and turning, you know, for a couple, two, three weeks before the baby. And then once we had the baby, so I had about six to seven weeks up to that event. I didn't sleep very much, but I was training twice a day, about four to five days of the week. And then there was a couple of days where I'd work out. And like I said, it was, I'd go downstairs and I'd hit, you know, three and a half, four and a half miles on the treadmill and felt good. So it's a good thing you, you're going to have, you're going to be awake anyway. So if you got, <laughs> if you got something you can do close to the house or around the house, you're probably not going to be sleeping much anyway. So Hey, change the baby. Make sure you know you help mom out a little bit, and sh- just take off for a run, dude. It's it's. Yeah, I I tell you, it. I, I worked out. I worked out really good actually around that time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want no more kids though, so I'm not gonna do that again. <laughs> I. She's. That's the hard part, man. Is she? We don't even have one yet, and she's ready for two, three. Well, we'll we'll talk again here in about <laughs> fourteen to eighteen months. I said and no. Let's you, let's stop at one. Let's do one you, really good one. Just spoil the spoil the heck out of the kid. Yeah, huh? that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's we'll see how it goes though. I'm open to I'm I'm open to anything, I guess, at this time. Uh we'll see what happens in the future. But man, I saw that workout you guys are doing and that seemed <clears throat> pretty awesome i was a little bit jealous i was not in denver to join you guys for the workout you had uh my boy christian mark christensen over there right yep Yep. he was there i worked out with him at anchor last time i was in town that dude he can hustle yeah oh yeah and and you know it was good all around because like i said it was a smaller group but we all knew each other and and even though the no one was a beginner, right? Right. No one was was dragging behind. Everybody was was pretty in pretty decent shape in that middle ground, and it was good, man. Like I said, it was. We've had some workouts where that we did were that were 
definitely scaled back a little bit just because we didn't want we had we had some more beginners in the group in the past and you don't want to hurt anybody you don't want to make them not want to come back yeah but when when my cousin JJ he was he was talking about the actual workout we were going to do I mean after we did the the warm up and and the stretching and then we did some some relays just kind of in between just to get a little bit more loosened up and and that, it, it's fun, you know, it's, it's, you know, we're mixing the bear crawls and the burpees and, and all kinds of stuff. But once the workout started, he starts talking about, okay, we're going to do this and this and this, and then we're going to go run around the building two times in between. And I'm like, that's a big I, building. I, yeah. And I'm figuring it out. And it's, it's about a quarter mile is what I kind of guessed going around the building twice, you know? And, and I was like, all right, yeah, that's, that's about on par with some of the stuff I've been doing, you know, about a quarter mile in between some of my rounds and I'll do a little mixed running in, <clears throat> but it's different when you're doing it with a partner because you're depending on the partner to, to dictate how many reps you do. And when I structure something, I'll write out how many reps I'm doing and, and I know what to expect, right? Boom. You just do so many and you get on treadmill, do so many, you get on treadmill. Well, this way with the partner workout, it was great. I partnered actually with Jamie Bergstraw. I can't really pronounce her name wrong. Well, but Jamie's got after it over the last few years, and and so so we partnered, and uh, you know, it seemed like Jamie would get hosed with the burpees almost every time. You know, it's like Jamie, you got four more burpees, or Jamie, I'm just starting burpees, and she goes burpees again. You know, <laughs> and and I would get through, I would get through about a round and a half to just shy of two rounds by the time she'd go around the building twice, and. It was it was tough because there was sometimes, like I said, where you're you, you're you don't know what to expect, and and then having the shooting come in right after the the physical part of it, it was good, man. I actually got a little bit sore um, from it, so I was happy. It was a good workout. Everybody was sweating. Um, Aaron uh, laid on the ground at the end for a few minutes, yeah. so he he was working hard. Uh, I caught a little video clip of him when him and Jamie were shooting the last couple arrows and he shot and then he put it, he was on all fours on the ground uh, while she shot her last shot and it was, it was cool. So we definitely got after it. That's awesome. And of course, new people are welcome beginning, you know, any fitness level I'd say as well. Oh yeah. And, and that's where, you know, I was talking to, to Jesse too and it's like, well, you know what, whether you, whether you, um, tear it down or, or tone it back a little bit with maybe not having a pack on uh maybe the weight we're going you're going a little bit lighter weight oh it, there was a couple of people that actually were walking into the shop to shoot that didn't know we were getting the boot camps going again and they were just sitting there watching and she's like and one of the women was a lady and, and she says when are you doing this again i said we're doing it in two weeks she goes can anyone come i said absolutely she goes okay i'll be here you know that's so awesome. yeah it's just people that just kind of filtered in that you know, we we send Facebook messages out. I send newsletters out to the to the stuff. I haven't been putting it on the website, which I'm going to start putting it on now that we kind of have a structured time. Do you put it on your Facebook? Yeah, I put it on the No Limits Facebook page. I share it on my personal one. Um, I've talked about it on one of the championship bow hunting episodes. But, uh, you know, there's just there's so many places that I need to be putting it, and I don't do a good enough job, honestly. So once once we start doing it regularly, now that we started it, I, I'm guessing we, you know, we're gonna have somewhere in that 12 to 18 people regular, hitting the hitting the workouts because we've had some in the past where we were 25, 27 people working out. You Ooh, know? that's a good amount. Yeah. And when are you, when are you gonna run these? Do you have like so a set? 
Yeah, it's going to be every other Sunday at 8 a.m. Uh, so basically last Sunday would have been, what, April 3rd. So we'll do it again April 17th, May 1st, May 15th. And then we will not do it the 29th because that's going to be the weekend of the Alpha Bow Hunting Challenge. So um, that's pretty yeah. awesome, man. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little jealous just because, like, that's what I hope to have around this area someday. Is that group of bow hunters who's that dedicated to get together and work out in big group workouts? Because I think you can get so much more out of yourself in a group workout. No matter how you, the workout is structured, even if it's Simple body weight movements. You can really push your limits. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I'm just, I'm all smiles before and after. But during a workout, I don't care what it is. I don't like to lose, man. I don't, I mean, and and it's one of those deals that, you know, you're, you're, you got other teams. So my cousin Jesse, there was actually three guys on his team because we had odd numbers. So two guys were going, doing the run while he was doing the, the physical. And him and I were running at the same time. And there was times where we'd, we'd go outside to run at different times and I'd see somebody else and I'd see him halfway, you know, towards the other end of the building and I was running trying to catch him. I'm like, I don't, I don't give a, sh- you know, a shit if they're halfway ahead of me or not on the laps. I'm still trying to catch you, you know? And it was, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's good because it does, it brings variety. Um, you know, you get to, to see just just like you said hang out with other people and challenge yourself any of the group workouts i've not done a lot of them but even when we were in ata doing that group workout that we did with with dan and and cam and those guys man that was a killer that was a fun workout you know yeah it was um, so i don't know that's and you said you're going to be adding i think you said to me earlier you're going to be adding like a uh physical comp- or not a physical a shooting class or component yeah, so, or workout so we're gonna have so so the boot camps we're kind of titling them the alpha bow hunting boot camps right the uh starting monday this coming monday a week from today actually when we're recording um it's gonna be monday april 11th we're gonna start hitting on monday nights you know about six forty-five to eight o'clock we're gonna be doing an alpha bow hunting class you know it's a class league whatever you want to call it um, you know, we run a lot of leagues at the shop where it's just a 3d league. You shoot 3d targets or a spot league. You just shoot spot targets. And there's still a lot of guys that they, some participate, some don't, but there's guys that have a hundred questions and, and they're just, they're just maybe getting started or they've shot for a long time, but they still don't know, you know, when it comes to tuning broadheads or, or yardage judging, for example, you know, um, mm-hmm. maybe some of them just don't have experience with, with angled shots, with, with cuts. Maybe some of them don't have experience with, with how, you know, body positioning for angled shots, kneeling, just a lot of that stuff. So what my thought was I'd create a class or a group. Uh, we're not going to be doing scoring. You know, this is all just personal, right. you know, personal improvement um, to where it'd be 10 to 15 minutes at the beginning of instruction. Hey, this is, today's class is going to be, like I said, maybe yard and judging is a good example. We're gonna we're gonna go shoot some 3D targets where we're gonna these are the two methods that we're gonna be practicing today. We're gonna go out on the range. We're going to warm up. You know, we'll have our packs on, and then I will have whether I ha- preset some targets with random numbers or I've already ranged the, the targets so I know. And then we'll go through and I'll say okay, and I'll have people come up to the stake with me. 
okay, go through this process. Tell me what you get. Go through this process. Tell like me what that. you get. You know, and then if they say, okay, well, I did the halfway method and I saw that little that little kind of bluish colored rock right there. I'll say, okay, well, that bluish colored rock is actually closer to a third, right? So then we're starting to work on depth perception, just helping people understand the different methods and, and doing it in a, a class-type format, a group format, but just incorporating it for bow hunters. Um, so that, that's what that class is going to be. Um, it's going to be a bow hunter league-type class. It's going to be, you know, actual ap- things that are applicable to bow hunters. That's awesome, man. I love teaching people that kind of archery stuff that skill and there's not a lot of places at least around here where you can just go learn yardage judging yeah you know learn that kind of shooting learn this the fundamentals the skills and drills you know that really make you a better archer yeah and and that's where like i said when i I can remember it very clearly, you know, when I started shooting, it was, I wasn't married at the time, obviously, <laughs> uh, in my, in my early twenties and, you know, single guy, I was, you know, ha- making some decent money working. So I was working out and then I was at, the sh- at finding a range, you know, I, I was Googling it, any ranges that were within 25, 30 minutes and I would go shoot at three or four different ranges a week just shooting and, and meeting new people and trying to learn something. And finally I stumbled across a range that I shot at for many years. And it was just because it was that welcoming atmosphere. The guy that owned it, you know, Bruce, great guy. He, uh, I had a couple, I asked him a couple of questions early on and he just really opened up. It seemed like he went above and beyond, but he gave me the, I, I got that sense of community that I was looking for at a shop. And I started learning little things. He he would let you just sit in his back room when he was working on bows and just bullshit with him. And I sat there and watched him tune bows after bow after bow and build strings and do all kinds of stuff. And without me ever once touching a bow, you know, for the first few years that I was in there, I, I learned so much just by watching him, mm-hmm. you know? So, so when the time came that I started poking around asking him questions about, about that kind of stuff, he's like, well, grab your bow. Let's, let's work on your bow, you know? So we were starting, I was starting to do some tuning stuff on my bow. And it was just that it, it was me asking the right questions and asking it to the right person. Because you ask a question to somebody that doesn't want to answer it, they're not going to give you, you know, very good answers. They're going to, oh, yeah, just do this. And, and then they want to just get rid of you. And that's where, that's the last thing I want to do. You know, I don't have a lot of time at my shop. But if I can specifically say, look, this is a great time for you guys to come in. Let's hang out. Let's shoot together. Let's ask questions. We're going to have a structured – we're going to have a, a, a work – not a workout, but a item of the day that we're going to be working on. <clears throat> but if, you know, every couple of weeks I say, okay, raise your hands. What, what kind of other topics do you guys want to in- implement into this structure, you know? And that way it gives me some time I can pre- prepare for it. I can see how we can implement it in a group atmosphere and, and try to teach it the best I can. That's what's going to separate a good bow shop from a great bow shop, though. Yeah, it's 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 definitely I, I've I've learned I, I love I love working with customers, right? But I I kind of some of the some of the guys that work for me at the shop tease me because I'll, I'll try to I'll give everybody a deal, you know. And they'll <laughs> they'll look at me and they're like, "Look, man, you need to spend less time at the cash register," and you know, we're gonna find I, something else for you to do here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like. It, and it's it's one of those deals that 
it's just it's just me. I'm, I'm I want to help people out, and I know how expensive certain things can be. Not that you know, and if people are coming in, they they well good well know how much stuff costs, and and you know I'm not forcing anybody to buy anything, but at the same time, it's just that's just where I'm at. That's where I'm coming from, and I would much rather see somebody get into the proper piece of equipment or better equipment. And if I can knock a few bucks off and help them, I'm usually doing it. And, <laughs> and that's where, like I said, they'll joke around. They're like, we make more money when you're not around, <laughs> you know? <Yeah>. So, <laughs> but definitely offering those extras to people is, uh, and I just wish it, it was my only job because then I can really, you know, do a whole bunch of stuff that I want to do there. But yeah. yeah. You know, and it's that case where if you build it, they will come, and you built it, man, and they're showing up. Oh yeah, we've been doing well, and we've been we've been busy, and I'm just stressing now because our outdoor range isn't quite ready yet. So now's the time when we should be outside shooting league outdoors, and people have been practicing. You know, they want to be practicing outdoors, so we're still running. A, you know, we're we're three or four weeks behind, but um, we're working. I was out there today, so. You guys got a little bit of snow, didn't you? We've been getting snow each of the last couple of weeks, and it's it's good enough just to make stuff nice and muddy. So the the, the fine grading that I need to be doing, can't, I can't. But that's all right. We need to put some fence up. So I've been prepping some area where we got to set posts, and um, you know, we've got a couple of days worth of fine grading on the out on the side and range, and then we're gonna gravel it. So uh, we're getting there. What do you find people's weakest? usually point of archery is um i don't know man that's that's a good question i think that i think that in some cases the people that really want to learn that that are active online that are reading forums that are youtube and stuff um they're looking for a quick fix, right? And and even manufacturers and marketing and everything guides people, this this broadhead will fly like a field point or this site guaranteed to make you more accurate. This site takes the, you know, the, the step out of the sight. Torque. Like this. Gets rid of the torque. That's what oh. I like. Everything gets rid of torque. <laughs> yeah, and it's there's always a fix for something, a quick fix for something where it's it's probably – 80% of that crap is garbage. If you're not practicing and you're not putting the time and you're not getting proficient, and you're not getting consistent with your equipment and yourself, with your form and your structure, then nothing's going to work, man. That's, that's the thing, you know, there, you know, there's people that are like, man, I, you know, I have this problem. I have that problem. And it's like, okay, well, how often do you shoot? Um, so how do we also, how often do you shoot? They're like, uh, you know, I shoot uh, every week. Uh, okay, no, really, how often do you shoot? You know, they're like, well, I shoot two or three times a month. I'm like, okay, well, there's your problem. It's like you when know? the doctor asks, how often do you drink? Yeah. They always right. multiply or the, it. Or the dentist asks you how often you floss, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yo. You know, it's the same kind of question. I, I've been working on shooting more arrows. I I at the least, if say I have a bad day and it's just not going well, I'll I'll try to at least shoot three, just three blind bail them, let them let them ride. Yeah, no, I, so you know, with me, writing out a structure now, 
with my shooting with, with I, I I'm committed. I'm going to put in 10,000 arrows before season. That's, that's my goal. That's in many cases. Ooh, wait, I like this. I like this. Your goal. Do you got a date? Do you have a date? Cause goals without I, dates are just dreams. I, I do. I do. And, uh, what would that date be then? Mike, my, my so our season is actually open August fifteenth. Pronghorn opens August fifteenth. Right. Our big game season is at the end of August. But my right. my goal is by September first. I'm breaking out. I'm breaking out the old uh, notepad here, so we can write this down because this is giving me an yeah. idea. So I gave myself five months. Okay, because I started April first, and I figured I'm going to give all of April, May, June, July, and August. So by April September first, three days ago. Yep, and I've I've been tracking my my shots the last three days. April and 1st to September first. September first, yeah. How many months is that? That's five months. Do you know how many days it is? Uh, no, but I I've I've I broke it down to where I figured I'd make myself shoot at a minimum twenty five out of the thirty average days a month, uh-huh. and I'd need to shoot eighty arrows per shooting day to hit my goal. So 25 days at 80 arrows a month is 2,000 arrows a month. Or 80 80 arrows a day, 25 days a month. Yeah, so that's 2,000 arrows per month, and that would, in turn, in five months, give me the 10,000 arrows by September 1st. I like that. We should make this. We should open this up. I'm gonna do this. Someone needs to send me some arrows though, because right now I don't have any that actually have three fletchings on them. I need to send you a fletching jig is what I need to do so that way you start learning how to fletch them. Then I'd only have those three arrows that I shoot the shit out of right now. People people come up to me at 3D course. They're like, hey, you only got you only got two arrow, two veins on your arrows. I'm like, yeah, you only need two. I go, if I was good enough at this, I wouldn't need any. They always laugh and they think I'm crazy. I'm out there just shooting, you know, three arrows with <laughs> With two two veins on each, but hey, you got to keep going. So I'm opening this up. I'm putting this out there to our audience, and maybe we can make a little. Uh, I don't know. We'll run this on the Iron Wolf group page. How's that sound? We'll run this yep. on the group page there. That way, everyone who wants to participate, if you're not in the Iron Wolf Athletics group in Facebook, head over there, join it. If you want to take part, we'll call it the how many arrows was it? Two? It's ten, 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 2,000 arrows ten, a month. No, yeah, so 2,000 arrows a month. So we'll call it the 10K, 10K arrow challenge. And this go. is all about challenging yourself. I'm not giving you shit to do this because you should want to get out there and become better at all this stuff. That's what I'm doing. I'm doing it for me. You guys should all be doing it for yourselves too. Yeah, and that's that's it. And that's where, like I said, I'm going to – once a week, I'm going to try to just post an update, you know, hey, I met my goal for the week or no, I didn't. And and like I, I did on the last podcast last Friday, I just I called it my accountability report because. Because like, I, you know, we talked when you set a you set a goal and you set a date, you know, and with me, it's about setting also identifying what hurdles, what's going to come in my what's going to prevent me from reaching my goal. Right. Oh, yeah. So if I tell myself, well. Yeah, I, I'm gonna want to sleep in, or uh, I'm I'm not gonna. Ha- 
and, and I guarantee you right now, I, I already know that I need to give myself longer time to shoot my arrows because I'm, I'm about a 40 to 50 arrow a morning when I shoot guy anyway. But you add those extra 30 arrows in there, I haven't, you know, and I just kind of assumed, I was like, I'll just get up at the same time, do the same deal. I didn't have enough time. So the last three days, um, I've been falling short. So this week, what I, I'm going to have to, I'm not going to be able to take a day off. You know, instead of shooting six out of seven days average is what, you know, it could have come out to. I'm going to have to shoot all seven days this week to hit my arrow, my goal for the week. But it's all about writing stuff down, creating a plan. Like I said, I might have to mold my, my plan to, to change based off me being able to reach that goal. But it's, it's about just working through the process. So like you and say, it's the same thing with workouts. Identi- and, and just like with workouts or anything, any goal you have, identifying what could hold you back, yeah. what you could trip on. You know, a vacation yeah. coming up, something like that. You you know, you go on vacation not taking your bow with you for a week. You better get ready to stack up, you know, 40 more arrows every day or so. Yeah. No, and, and I tell you what, I mean, you start shooting. If you're not, if you're not warming up properly, if you have bad form, um, if you're overbowed, your body's going to tell you real quick once you start shooting 50, 60, 70, 80 arrows a day consistently, something's wrong. You know, and that's where I I, I got to send, send a shout out to Justin at uh, at Teamwork uh, Therapy in Colorado because you know a couple of years ago well, my shoulders were in bad shape, and he he just like he's like man there's muscles in your back that aren't firing you you know your your shoulders are rotated forward you, you know and and he started working with me there and got me to where my shoulders feel better I warm up properly now. Um, I actually added about a half inch of draw length to my draw length just by me lowering that front shoulder and shooting properly. And I don't know, it, like I said, I can shoot many arrows comfortably now. And, and even my bow set at like chai 74 pounds now is what I have it set at. It's, I'm still good. Listen, get on your cousin, tell him to bring for the next time you guys shoot for this workout, tell him to bring the crossover symmetry with him. And give that a shot because Matt Anderson, I know, does this before he shoots. And oh. I, I've done it too when I shoot down at the box because we have it there. And doing the crossover symmetry warm-up shoulder activation routine before you shoot, man, oh, world of difference. World yeah. of difference. Yeah, we'll have to, I'll have to look at, talk to him about getting one of those for the shop anyway just to put him in there. We, we, sh- he brought the PVC and we did a lot of uh, some, some shoulder warm-up stuff with the, the PVC pipe, you know. Um, shoulder warm-ups usually overlooked with people. Mm-hmm. Like you think about it, a lot of guys are drawing back a lot of weight. You know, seventy, some guys eighty, sixty pounds, whatever. That's that's yeah. good drawback, you know. And they're doing nothing to warm up their shoulders. That's like getting on the bench and being like, "All right, I can I can bench at most two seventy-five. I'm going to start at two twenty-five. Just get cool. on cold and go." Yeah. Yeah. No, I I. Uh... Like I said, I'm, I'm not old man, but I've, I've neglected for about since my mid twenties to about my early to mid thirties. I neglected a lot of warm up and and self care with with my joints, and I feel it a little bit now and then. So I'm I'm trying to wise up and and uh, and implement a lot more of that stuff. And it takes time. That's the thing that sucks. Is this uh, today's day of of the fast paced life? 
you got to be on the move. You got to hustle. You got to do this. You got to, people want stuff now, you know, and, uh, I tell you what, man, um, I'm getting sick of it for one, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, it's the world we live in and I just got to prepare to sleep less because this goal of shooting arrow, 80 arrows a day, it'll take me an hour to shoot 80 arrows and that's just shooting in my basement at 17 or so yards. Once I start going outside and I'm shooting further distance and I have to walk further to pull arrows, I either have to have a boatload of arrows in a quiver. 40 arrows a quiver. Right. <laughs> You're doing one walk. <laughs> or I'm going to have to have an hour and a half, two hours to shoot every day that I'm shooting. So, um, and I, I, my, my warm up. that's the other thing is my warm up routine with shooting always involves shooting at least eight or 10 arrows up close where I'm not aiming, doing some, you know, kind of that whole blind yeah, bailing, yeah, just yeah. getting feel with form. Blind bailing too. Yeah. And then I'll start, you know, my first two or three arrows when I do aim, I try to shoot at something that's within 20 yards where I'm able to use that top pin because, you know, I get it. Some people say, oh, I, I want to walk out to my maximum yardage cold and be able to shoot an arrow. Yes, you do want to be able to do that, you know, before season. But if if you're in the process of of getting better and practicing, if you've got anxiety issues with aiming anyway, and you, you're going to start your workout off or your shooting routine off with bombing an arrow at 70 or 80 yards and hoping you hit it, and you're already t- telling yourself, oh, I don't know, you know, why? Walk up to 15, 20 yards, put two or three arrows in that little dot, build your confidence, Get used to that pin moving around what is the sight picture again. Get your muscles properly ready, you know, and then start working into further distance. Exactly. Let them know what's coming. Let let, let your whole aiming system and body know what's coming for it. Yeah, and then as the season, you know, as, gets, as you get closer to the season, well, then, yeah, start winding back on how many arrows you warm up with so that way it gets to, you know, because even when I'm in season, when I'm hunting, I'll get my bow and I'll drop back two or three times in the morning, you know, just get those muscles ready. And I'm not shooting a bow. But my muscles are already used to drawing the bow back, you know. So at least from then on, it's mental and it's your shot sequence that, that should take over. But at least getting your muscles prepared to draw and hold and aim and execute a shot. Mm-hmm. So technically, you shouldn't, in my opinion, you shouldn't be that, that when you draw your bow back and you put that pin on that animal that happens to be at first light of whatever season, you should have already drawn your bow back two or four or five times, you know. So yep. is that technically your first shot? It's your first executed shot, but it's not the first time you draw your bow back for the day. So that's where that whole mindset of I need to bomb my first arrow at 100 yards to know that that's how far I can kill at. Man, I, I think you work towards that. I think you prepare towards that. But you don't practice that all year. That's, that's my opinion. Here's a good thing, right? Your good question. You pull back, right? Go through the shot sequence, everything, before you go out hunting, right? Yeah. How many times when you're out there whether it's in the stand or on the ground, do you do shots in your mind? Um, you know, I, I'll more visualize where I, like, for, for example, like tree stand hunting, right? Mm-hmm. This is something that it's more structured because as I've done it more, I you climb up in the tree in the morning and it's dark still, mm-hmm. and you're sitting there. And if you know the stand, if you know the setup, because I, I go to hunt a place with a friend in, in Nebraska, and – there's been a couple times where he's, you know, he'll walk you to a, to a new set or um, he'll say, hey, why don't you go to this set? You go from the stand that you were at. You're going to walk about 100 yards east. And, and so he, you get into a new set. And, and if you go in at dark, you're getting there and you really don't know exactly all the shooting angles, where the animals could be coming from. 
So to me, it's more visualizing, okay, where am I going to sit? You know, so I, I guess let me back up. It's dark. Yeah, I'm drawing my bow back two or three times. You know, I'm kind of getting ready, getting the muscles loosened up, especially cold in the morning. And then I'm starting to visualize where animals could potentially come from. And then at that point, yeah, then it's, you know, I'll even draw my bow back a couple times and I'll just kind of hit, hit that window of, okay, that, that, I, everything's good. My bow's not going to hit anything. And I am visualing up to that point. Other than that, I just try to react, honestly. Once, once you've put the time in, I know that's 35 yards. I know it's 30. I know it's 25. That's 37. To me, it's just, I, I, I don't, I try not to think too much. I think that you can think yourself into a problem a lot of times in those, because if, if, if you wait too long and, oh, I need to wait for it to take one more step, you know, uh, so it can go perfectly broadside. That, that's TV, man. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's fairyland in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, this is I do the same thing as you. I'd get in. I don't I actually haven't done the drawing back, but I'm gonna start trying that. But I'll do the pick the bow up, check all the lanes, all the spots, and I'll and because I get bored, I visualize. Man, if a deer just walks through here, I'll be and it doesn't matter to me, you know, with all the trained hunt training and all the shooting, I don't care. As long as it's in within my relegated distance for the positions I'm in, you know, yeah. where I can execute a nice shot i'm good to go wherever it shows up but if i'm in there i'm bored it's like all right i'm i've taken you know 20 shots that morning all through my head right through the mental process everything i've worked through yeah no and that's i don't know i i think it's important because like i said i can't tell i've read articles and i see people posting their first shots and that's great if you if you can get to that but like i said if somebody's a, new, a newer shooter or just kind of, you know, I would say they've been shooting for a few years, but they're not really a mid or middle to up, upper level quality, quality type shooter, excuse me. They want to be able to get to where they're shooting 60 or 70 or 80 yards proficiently. Is it going to benefit them to just start off by shooting 60, 70, 80 yards cold with their first arrow? Hell no, you know. There's, I mean, everything's magnified at the further distance. Everything's more critical at the further distance. And if, if your body is not prepared to execute an excellent shot at 20 yards, what makes you think you're going to execute a, a perfect shot at 60 or 70, you know? And that's, that's where it's, people just need to realize the form that you're shooting at 20 should be the same at 70 or 80. And the shot sequence and, and the rhythm and the timing, it, everything should be very comparable. You know, if, if you're taking more than a second to execute a shot from 20 to 80 yards, you're there's probably something going on in the shot execution process that's that's slowing you down. And how many pro archers do you know skip the warm up range and just start the course? You know what, man? I've I've seen I've seen it all. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> I've been out on some. So uh, ASA, you know, we usually you shoot Saturday's course at your, you know, 10 in the morning, 11 noon. And then Sunday, everybody's usually shooting at 8 o'clock. Some events, they even shoot at 7 o'clock just based off because it's usually Eastern time zone and it's, uh, it's daylight right at you know, 7 or, or 6.45 and when it's really hot in some of those places in the south. So with all that being said, when you have 1,500 shooters that need to shoot at 8 o'clock on Sunday, 
There's only so many bag targets. There's only so much room on the 3D warm-up range. So people are fighting to get a couple warm-up arrows in. And I've even met some people that just have got to the point where they're like, I just got used to not shooting before the before I go out. I just I just I just go out there and I'll just you know. And it's like, no way, man. I can't do that. I've never been able to do that. Um, kudos to those people who can. But I there are some people that just yeah, I'll just go out there and I'll, I'll warm up with my first arrow on the range. Oh man, you know that's how I used to be. And then my coach got me into always hitting the range first. And not only has it improved my shooting, but my yardage judging, just to see the targets, you know, at their distances and being able to relate, relay that when I get into the course. Yeah, and that's it, that's the biggest thing for unmarked yardage 3D is 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 the yardage judging. It's it's a yardage judging game, and if you're if you're traveling to different terrain, if you're shooting the local courses around home or you've shot the courses maybe once or twice a year at different tournaments, well, you have a pretty decent idea what to expect. When you go to when you go from Colorado to Georgia, man, it's night and day. <laughs> a you little know? bit different topography. <laughs> well, it's it's flat for the most part, but you've got the tunnels and you've got the the Hard shadows that get yeah. created. Oh yeah, man, it's it's nothing nice because and then you add into effect the, the fact like on a on a Sunday morning when it's dark and and then you've got some targets that are black and, and I tell you that was the worst when you walked up Sunday morning to a black bear at you know as your first target yeah. and standing and you're trying to or uh, all fours. No, they got rid of the standing bear at ASA a few years back. But just, Did they really? Yeah, they they have like a black hog and a and a black bear and I think now they have a black puma or what they're calling it which is a mountain lion that's painted black but you get any of those black targets in a tunnel that's you know anywhere out there 38 yards and out and i i I tell you what so funny story when they still had 14 rings that they were scoring in the normal events i walked up to a target it was the second target of the morning down a hill a little bit and on a black bear the 14 ring was almost touching the 10 ring (laughs) And so you can you can you can shoot an arrow and be touching the ten ring and the fourteen ring if your arrow was fat enough, right? So I looked at this target and I'm like, man, I don't know, it's forty two yards. Dial in my sight, forty two yards. I put my pin right on the twelve and I execute a shot. Well, I pick my binos and I can instantly see when the arrow hit the target, I hit high. And I'm looking, I was like, oh shit, it's probably thirty eight yards. And I looked at it and that arrow was in the fourteen ring. And it was it was it was funny because I, I lucked into a fourteen, but it just goes to show you that a black target in the morning, in a tunnel, you know, I, I overjudged that target by four to five yards. I don't know exactly know what it was, but um, if you're not if you're not prepared and you haven't experienced that, it'll bite you. It'll bite you on the wrong target. So it's it's different, man. It's really different and. And that's why I think that, and Gillingham said it best, you know, he said, judging or shooting unmarked yardage 3D, all it, it doesn't make you a better yardage judger. It just tells you that you need to hunt with a rangefinder, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 and it's, it's true. You know, it's, it just makes it that much more necessary. Yeah. yeah. I hear you there, I, but you know what it is, is I find yardage judging fun. I find it, if I knew 
the distance, I feel like, man, I could just stay home and just kind of do this at my house. You know, to me, the unknown is what makes it exciting. Yeah, it's 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 a challenging game, and um, I don't know. It, it's it's time consuming though. That's that's the biggest thing. That's what's made it. Um, that's what makes it so hard. Is if you don't have t- time to dedicate to judging yardage, um, you're probably not going to be very good at it. And and that's where I don't know. I you you see, I actually have a friend of mine that I, I catch up with after some of the ASAs that I'm going to have on the podcast on Wednesday on the championship bow hunting side. Chad Chenault, he's a professional shooter. Him, him and I won out of semi pro the same year, and he's been he's been shooting consistently since then after I left. But he, excellent shooter, you know. And uh, we we were talking on the last time he came on about the rise in the marked yardage division of ASA because they're the only ones that open that up as like IBO doesn't have that, but ASA opened up Mark Yards division and there's so many shooters. That's the fastest growing division in, in the ASA. Why do you think that is? Because, because if you don't have to judge yardage, all you have to worry about is, is, you know, you've got three elements to, to 3d. You've got the yardage judging, you've got the shooting of course, but you've got to know, You've got to be able to aim on a silhouette target, essentially, is what you're doing, without a dot to aim at. So now if you eliminate one of the variables, you just got two things to worry about. So that's where you're seeing guys like George Riles. You know, a couple, what, month ago we talked to him? Yeah. Uh, Jesse Broadwater hitting hitting the 3Ds. A lot more target shooters going into that game because it's a fun game to play. It offers variety with, with that's shooting. That's true. That is true. But they don't have to judge yardage. And and to be flat out honest, there's a lot of those guys that can shoot the freaking lights out, but they can't judge they can't judge a target to save their life. So it's a good I don't point. know. That's a good point. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. I I'd like to get back to that. I hope that once I get the outdoor range done and have a a really good place to practice, I can get back into shooting some some competitive three D. But <laughs> maybe you'll be a marked yardage guy. You know, and I I thought about that because if again with me if I don't have that much time to spend judging yardage, I can still go play the game and shoot at marked yardage. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, it's it's uh it's good to see that there's variety there, and I don't know, I I really enjoyed playing that game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now you got your own game. Yeah. No, I'm excited for that. I've. You know, had a handful of registrations already, and and they, they just trickle in. They're, they they trickle in, you know, and it's it's going well. A lot of f- positive feedback from people. Uh, a lot of people messaging me, and 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 I see people at the shop. And they're like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna come play. I'm gonna play the game. I'm gonna be there. And so, if everybody registers that say they're gonna come, we're gonna <laughs> have a smoking. We're gonna have a hell of a turnout. Yeah. Um, but it's looking good right now. I mean, we're still two months away, or close to that. And uh, and we're doing pretty good with the with the registration, so um, I'm excited. How many uh, conservatively? How many think will sh- sign up? Um, I, I it's hard to say. So local events, right? To just to gauge it off something local, which this is, I'm hoping this is more region, a little bit more regional than local, but. On a local 3D shoot, you'll get anywhere from, 
Oh, 90 shooter on a bigger shoot, 90 to 150 shooters All right. on a, on a decent size 3d shoot, but they're the tournaments you're paying 25 to 30 bucks for an entry fee. You know, my event's going to be twice that much. It's going to be a lot of variables to the game. The prizes are going to be significantly better than what you get at a local shoot. Um, and it's a different game and, and all the things that we're offering with the, with the private film viewing at, at the end of the second day. And, um, I'm hopeful that we can get close to those numbers. What's um, what's this private film viewing? So we're getting uh, uh, we're getting so uh, the guys from Whaletail Outdoors have committed to, to give me a video. Um, uh, Willie Schmidt, he's got some 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 videos that didn't get didn't make the cut for the TV show, but they still edited some episodes. I'm getting one of those videos. Uh, I've got, I've talked to Hamsky. So Sean and Andrew, the, both of those guys, you know, they carry around a camera quite a bit and they've had some submittals that either made it or didn't make it for some of the film tours. So they've got some, the short films, the, the, the right, five right. to 12 minute films. So you're having so, your own film festival. Well, you know, I was going to invite one of them in and to not throw anybody under the bus. It's just. I, I made a few phone calls. I, I made some contacts, and then I people didn't get back to me, right? Mm -hmm. With because there's going to be a there's going to be a fee, and I'm not trying to be a cheapskate, but there's going to be a fee for me to license a film tour, right. and then and I'm not wanting to charge people that the people that that come for the event they're going to get that's part of the package, you know. Gotcha. You're going to come watch for free. Anybody, I'm going to open it up to anybody at the shop. Anybody, anyway. You know, if you didn't participate in the event, but you want to come watch some of these videos, just come into the shop and let's, you know, this this it's for the No Limits Archery. It's for the local Denver area gotcha. just as a bonus. So there's there's going to be five to seven short films that we're going to uh, feature within our award ceremony at the end of the day on Sunday at the shop. That's going to be pretty badass. Yeah, yeah. Santino, I think he's going to, he's got an episode he's going to edit for us. Um, like I said, I, I, I talked to Trevin. Um, I actually, I, I talked to, to Zach Griffith. I don't know if he's got anything he's going to be able to send over, but there's a few people that I've sent in, I've sent invites to, uh, and I'm, I'm hoping that if everybody sends a video that, that I've offered it to, then we'll get eight or 10, but, and we'll have a killer, you know, we'll light up the grill and we'll burn some, some burgers and dogs or something and you know have a I like that have a little uh memorial day uh this little hangout so uh why why don't you uh tell us give us the info give us the lowdown on this the alpha bow hunting challenge so so the the quick version i've i've got a couple podcasts out i think 50 and 56 talk about it on the championship bow hunting side what it is is day it's a two day event uh, day one, we're going to have a 30 target, 30 arrow, I should say, um, qualifying round. So you're going to be required to wear a day pack. You're going to be required for your own weight in your day pack. Uh, I just have prescribed minimum weight. So that minimum weight includes that I'm going to, you've got to take your pack off. We're going to weigh it at periodic points on the What's range. What's uh, the men's open weight? Men's 25 pounds, I think. All right. So Women's if I bring a 25 pound plate, I could throw it in my pack. I'm good to go. Right. You know, if, right. if you have, so here's the only variable, right? Somebody throws a water bladder in their pack right. and they start drinking water throughout the day. And then by, they may start at 25 pounds <laughs> and by the end of the, the targets, they might be down to 18 pounds. Right? I got you. 
that's where I'm going to have a couple different random check stations with judges where just, hey, you know, hang it back up on the scale. Just make sure you're still good. We don't want anybody um, ditching sand off halfway through the course. So anyway, you got to wear a day pack, got to have weight in it. Um, we're going to be shooting uh, some 3D targets, some two-dimensional targets, which are just a flat picture on a, on a, on a bale, gotcha. of which there'll be some shooter. Uh, it, it's going to be a lot of variety in, in what we're going to offer. So there's going to be targets where there's going to be a target, for example, a two-dimensional target at 40, 50, 60, 70, and 80 yards. And I'll say, of course, the 80 yard targets worth more points. The 70 slightly less, 60 slightly less, 50 and 40, and so on. You get to shoot one arrow. You get to pick the target you shoot it at. And you know, based off what you're comfortable with, you walk up and, and let it rip. So there's going to be a few of those targets. Everything's going to be uh, marked yardage. You're going to be able to use rangefinder throughout the whole event. There'll be a couple targets where you can walk up, and the judge will will tell you before you look at the target if you want to judge this target. You're gonna get bonus points for it. I like that. So, so if you know, if, if somebody's a really strong yardage judger, we don't want to completely eliminate that in the game. It's it's a, it's a valuable asset. Uh, we're gonna implement that. Where there's gonna be some ground blind shots. Uh, I'm gonna to try to set up a like a big telephone post buried in the ground. We'll put a tree stand maybe just two feet off the ground so nobody's gonna fall off, right? But then I'm gonna set the tree stand up the opposite direction from the target. So you're going to have to maneuver yourself <laughs> around the, the target, the tree to make a oh, shot. Oh, right? I love that. I love so that. we're going to yeah. implement stuff like that. Anything I can really figure that could happen in a bow hunting situation. I love that target, man. Yeah. So stuff like that, right? We're going to do, uh, um, so that'll be day one. Uh, we're going to have some sponsor targets on day one. So, for example, uh, Grizzly Coolers, who's one of the sponsors of the event, uh, they kicked in some. They're going to do a cash sponsor target. So 250 bucks on, let's just say, for example, uh, it might be a 40-yard target. Anybody who hits the bonus ring on that target gets to split that 250 bucks. So if Ooh. if we got 100 shooters and five people hit the bonus ring, well, each of those five shooters gets $50, right? Bonus. Um, there'll be some other ones that are products, product bales. Um, so there'll, there'll be some extras in, in the, in the day one's events at the end of day one. So let's just say there's 50 shooters in the men's division. I'm going to take the top eight, for example, which is roughly 20%, somewhere between 15 and 20%. I'm going to take the top eight and I'm going to create the alpha division from the top eight shooters of each division from the day. So for day two, the top eight guys are now competing for 80% of the prizes. So the top roughly 20% are going to be competing for the top 80% of the prizes. The remaining field of 80% is going to be competing for 20% of the prizes, if that makes sense. So you don't want to sandbag on day one. You want to be shooting for the, you want to be shooting as best you can to try to qualify in the alpha division for day two. And um, there is some specific prizes that are exclusive to the alpha division, including Ooh. an extra thousand dollars cash that Ooh. I putting in on the house, right? So that thousand dollars will get divided amongst the adult divisions that they get created for the alpha divisions, the respected alpha divisions. Um, day two, we've got our head to head range on our side in range. So we're going to be shooting five breakable targets, probably clay pigeon targets. 
mark yardage again. You're going to have head-to-head rounds. So now, again, let's take that top eight shooters that made the alpha division. Number one, shooting against number eight on your first head-to-head round. Uh, it's going to be a course where the two shooters are starting. Um, they're going to be basically starting from the same position. There's going to be some minor physical elements. There's my little guy hollering at me. Uh, there's going to be some, some minor physical elements. You're still going to be required to wear your day pack. So target one, you may be running uh, towards opposite directions of each other. You might go under a, maybe under a couple logs, simulating a belly crawl or something. You walk up and you get up to the first target, kneeling shot, it may be 35 yards, right? You shoot. It's, it's pass or fail on the breakable targets. You break or you don't break. Um, so five breakable targets. You get to carry six arrows. So if you miss, you can pull out another bonus arrow and shoot. You must shoot at least one arrow at every station, though. So you can't waylay five arrows on station one and just try to breeze through the rest of the course. So you need to shoot at least one arrow per station. Um, and there's going to be a time deduction uh, or a time penalty, I should say. And, and Luke, my uh, good buddy Luke, um, Luke the body, because I had originally <laughs> advertised, like, hey, if you break, 20 seconds off. If you miss, you add 20 seconds. And, and Luke said, well, why don't you just do it? If they miss, you just add 40 seconds. That way it makes it easier on you. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably a pretty good idea. That's the body. The body so coming the body, in. Right? He's looking out for everyone. And I, I threatened him. I said, you keep, <laughs> keep telling me how to run my game. I might have to put you to work. You know, he writes but, programming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so games. Yeah. Allegedly. So th- that's, that's how the game will be played. After you shoot your five targets, you come back. To, you run back to the starting line. So we, ch- we stop your time. Again, we go back. And we're going to add targets on for misses, add time on for, for misses, for penalty. And, and then at the end of the, the rounds, if, if you beat your competitor, then you advance. Um, the alpha division will go through the range two times. So they'll shoot once on the left side, once on the right side. And then we'll total their time, and lowest time moves forward. Uh, on the regular divisions, they'll just go through the, the course one time head-to-head against somebody. So it'll all be bracketed head-to-head shooting. Uh, we also are going to have a broadhead portion of the event. I, I re- withdrew that portion from the actual scoring just because there's too many variables on the broadhead side. Right. I mean, there's, you know, do we eliminate expandables? Uh, you know, do you have to shoot the same bow? And, and, and I just said, you know what? No. If the, the novelty event is in itself its own game. I like that. And I think what I'm going to end up doing for that, because we, we did work with Maven to kick us in a, a, a set of binos as a giveaway. So I think what I'm going to do is the novelty game is going to be for the set of uh, Mavens. Oh, so, damn. yeah, I mean, right, we, I want to make it where it's you want you want to come play for the broad. It's, it's going to be significant where you should be prepared to play for both all prizes. Um, you know, there's going to be a you're going to get three arrows. Uh, each round will be three arrows, and you're going to be able to get one round included in your entry fee. If your if your performance with your broadheads isn't isn't to where you're liking, you can you know pay another ten bucks and get in another round on the broadhead game. So I like that. Yeah, so that that's going to be how the game's played. Like I said, day two. At the end of day two, um, we're going to you know take a short break, figure up scores, meet back in the building, have a private film viewing. And and give away some prizes and some cash and and hang out, man. Socialize a little bit. That's that's one of the things that, in my opinion, one of the drawbacks to 
bigger events in archery is if you're traveling, you're you're in a hurry to get there and you hurry to get home. Right. Um, and with me doing it on the Memorial Day weekend, well, we're doing the event Saturday and Sunday. Monday is still the holiday. So if you're traveling, you still have Monday to travel home. You know, right, right. take your time, get home. Um, so socialize, we can, hang we can out socialize. Bit, that's, right? that's it. That's it. You know, Community. so many times, yeah, you, you see guys that, and, and I've been guilty of this. You get to an event, and this was early on when I was shooting, you know, tournaments a long time ago. I'd get to an event, and you don't know somebody, so you don't, you don't like that person, right? Right. I don't, I don't know who that guy is. He looks kind of like an a-hole. You know? Phil Mendoza, my first train to hunt event. That was my exact thought. Right. It's like, man, who is this guy? He thinks he's, he's over here kicking everybody's ass, and he's a big a-hole. Yeah. And then, you know, a couple of tournaments later, you run into the guy, or you might be shooting in the group with him, and it's like, man, this is a cool dude, you know? Well, I, I, you know, why was I talking crap about him before? And to me, it's just that we need to, we need to squash that, the egos. When you're competing, man, compete. I, I'm, I'm, I've, I've learned to try to do this. Turn it on when you say go, and when you're done, you turn it off. You know. Yep. So that way, before and after, you can be civil, you can be friendly, you can meet people, you might learn something, and. And that's what I want to promote. I want you to be competitive. I want you to come out here and, and prepare to earn it because um, it, it's going to be fun, but it's going to be competitive, and it's going to be it's going to be good, man. So, but at the end of the day, once we're all done and we've competed against each other, and and you've done the best you can, and we see where the scores lay when the dust settles, you know what? Let's congratulate the people that win. Let's give them some prizes. Let's hang out and talk with them. Maybe you learn something from them that they they're doing that you're not. And and yet we'll use it to move forward for for hunting or other competitions. Hell yeah! You know, that's that's the thing. Building that community, getting to know some people, having fun, and getting out there and just getting ready to tear the head off the lion. You know? Yeah. It, and the, so so two things. I from my very initial uh, introduction from the event back in November or early December. I was going to have an alpha division where you signed up for it. You think you're top dog, you come sign up for that division. And I thought about it. And it's like, you know what? If I make somebody get into that division and they're on the fence, they may be a good shooter, but they're not, maybe they're not cocky or they're just, you know, or they don't think they have a chance to compete. They're not going to sign up for that class. So this other way, there's just a men's division. There's a women's division. There's a traditional division. There's a senior division. And there's a young adult division, which is kind of like that 15 to 18 year old. Crowd. Gotcha. Yep. You know, we don't want to make the 15 year old shoot against the adults, not yet. But um, so they can get some experience under their belts. Yeah, and they can watch the game, see how it's played. They can learn some things. But once you just sign up for the division, you just you're going to shoot the qualifying round that everybody's going to get set in front of them. It's going to be apples to apples course. We're going to let the course dictate where you're going to be seated. So. If you just shot lights out because you had a great day or you know what, that you really enjoy the game or this suits you well, well, you should be up towards the top. You know, if you have that perfect storm of you just everything worked great for you and you're kind of a middle of the road shooter, but everything worked great and you finish great. Well, now what? You know, you're competing for the big prizes. So I don't know. I, I think that that and, and Tim Tim's uh, uh, opinion, I think, of this is is something similar that there should be more people shooting for on the professional side of, of competitive archery, but less people shoot there because they don't feel they can win. And in my opinion, I think that at any, any given day, anybody can, 
can shoot well and, and compete and, and should be able to, right? Oh, yeah. The other thing is, is if everybody, if there's like specific targets, so you may not shoot great all day, but you might hit that bonus ring on that money target and it's you and two other people that hit it, well, you just walked home with 100 bucks or 75 bucks, yep. right? So, so why not? You know, you make it to where it's an equal opportunity and it, all you need to have is one great arrow to have a great day, yeah. you know? So <laughs> like <that. laughs> it's one of those things that, there's going to be five or six sponsor targets on the on the day one where, you know, and I'm working on trying to get more where people can walk away with something that may just be a, a good middle-of-the-road shooter and, and they're learning something, but you may walk away with a half a dozen arrows or, like you, I said, 50 bucks or 75 bucks. You might end up with a brand-new pair of binoculars. Right. You, you, put that broad, you put that one arrow in the center of the target at that specific distance with those broadheads. And you're right. You, just like you hunting. That's it. <laughs> Sometimes you just need one great arrow. And and that's where um, we do want to reward the people that shoot well, and we're going to do that. But we want to reward everyone in the process and handicapping it. I'm going to let the course do that. So that's how the game's going to get played. Um, well, like I said, it's it's going to be trial and error. I, I'm I'm. I'm the dictator in the game. So if something doesn't work great after year one. Uh, we we revisit it, we learn about it, and we regroup for for year two, and we make the game better. Yeah. So, I'm gonna have to time my kids differently if I'm having another one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're gonna yes. After after <laughs> your first one, you're gonna learn that. Uh, Don't have the second one when Phil's having his tournament. Got no, it. No, <laughs> not not necessarily. But um, there's a yeah. You'll you'll say you'll if you're not sleeping very much. You'll say, man, I'm gonna have to push the second one off a couple of years so I can catch up on some rest. <laughs> I like that. But or things might be gravy, perfect baby, and right then you started with set number two. <laughs> there you go. So all right, well, people, head on over to naturalboardhunter.com, or if you're on iTunes, subscribe to our podcast, our YouTube channel. Hit us up on Instagram, Facebook. Check Phil's stuff out over at championshipbowhunting.com, also on Facebook. If you're interested in any of the classes or workouts he had mentioned going on at No Limits Archery, make sure you check out that Facebook page and you pay attention to when he's posting on it. Also, thank you to one of our show partners, Maven. They've given us a coupon code for anybody interested and buys a pair of binoculars. Just enter the code NBHGIFT at your checkout, and they'll send you some free swag along with your purchase. And to Mountain Ops, the guys there with their brilliant April Fool's prank coming out with a fake energy drink that got me really excited that they're not coming out with, you dicks. <laughs> <laughs> but if you still like them and their stuff after that, uh, use the coupon code NBH20 to get 20% off at checkout. And, uh, you know, 20% off on your subs, which is pretty badass. Also, keep an eye out. I'll be posting some YouTube videos about workouts and such. And I'm going to get this 10K... Arrow Challenge going up over at uh, Iron Wolf Athletics. So if you're interested in taking part in that, throwing your name in the hat, we'll see You know who's in in the beginning and who falls off, I guess. I, hey, I, hope I can I make can one make promise. This. I can make one promise. What's that? If you put 10,000 arrows through your bow between now and September 1st, 
you will be better off for hunting season. I guarantee it. And you may want some new strings. You may need some new strings. You may need. You may be ready for some new strings. <clears throat> but, um, but that's part of the deal. You put five, six thousand arrows through your bow, and you know, swap them out. At least you'll have a broken in set of backups. You got a, yep. you know, fresh set with maybe three, four thousand shots in there, or however you break it down, and uh, and ready to roll. Never bad to have a backup set of string cables. Damn straight. And on that note. Get out there, wake up, chase your dreams, repeat, and never stop. Work, hustle, hump, baby. We're out.